This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys talk with Territorium Vice President of Equity and Innovation, Dr. Keith Look. We discuss Territorium's comprehensive learner records system that captures all aspects of learning into a complete competencies and skills transcript. Think badging and credentialing with the evidence to prove it. That's up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the show. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, we're here. We really are. Yeah. That snuck up on us really quick. It's like I looked around and then, you know, whoa, there's a wolf in the, in the yard. There's the, there's the end of the intro. Hey, uh, listen, uh, thanks for tuning in and checking us out. We're the Edutech Guys, and we're glad to be here today. Hey, check us out on the web at edutechguys.com. And don't forget, you can always find us on social media just at Edutech guys, we're over there. We're there looking back at you with silly pictures and all kinds of stuff. That's right. You can add us. You can dox us. We don't care. Yeah. One of the big things we'd like you to take a look at is if you go over to Amazon or just check out one of our sites or visit our Linktree site, linktr.ee forward slash Edutech guys, you'll find a link to our new workbook, which is yeah. a great workbook. Um, all 100 pages of it. You know, it's 100 pages of uh, some really wonderful worksheets uh, that you can fill in to, you know, help you build your podcast and then, you know, evaluate yourself after you have your podcast. But you can find that at Amazon. You can find those links on our website and on linktr.ee forward slash edutech guys. Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. And speaking of awesome stuff, what a cool show we've got today. Yes, a really cool show we have today. We're going to talk about some, you know, taking badging and micro credentialing to the next level, far, far from here. And <laughs> yeah, so some really cool stuff. We're really looking forward to it. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with that interview. Are you using Soundtrap for personal use, recording podcasts, making music, and more? More importantly, are you using Soundtrap in the classroom? Soundtrap for the classroom is amazing, allowing students the ability to create music, podcasts, audio for their projects, and so much more. 
Check out Soundtrap now at Soundtrap.com. Hey, welcome back to the Edge of Tech, guys. We're really excited to have our next guest on the show today. Yeah. And we're going to let him tell us who he is, what he does, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Keith Look. I am the Vice President of Equity and Innovation at Territorium. I can say more about who we are and what we do in a moment. Yeah. Um, a little bit about my background, just as to how I even uh, get into this. I am a, a former principal and superintendent of districts large and small, urban and rural, resourced and struggling. Um, you name it, luckily I've been able to be there. I've been a principal of elementary, middle, and high, and most of my work actually has been in turnaround efforts, which collectively brought my experience to Territorium, an organization that is focused on tracking students' skills and abilities. And why that matters to me in this realm is that in most of the places in which I worked, many of my students did not have a traditional transcript that would allow them the full gamut of post-secondary opportunities that are often characterized by those students with the right test scores and the right GPA. And so it took a great deal of work to advocate for my students individually to demonstrate what they knew and were able to do through different means. And therefore, as an administrator, I knew there had to be a better vehicle out there. And finally, the technology has caught up for us to do it. And that's been the work with Territorium. That's really cool. So let's jump right into it. You know, we've, uh, Dave and I have been doing this a long time. We traveled a lot of conferences, ISTE, FETC, you name it, we're there. <clears throat> badging, we also do the badging summit always before ISTE um, with Noah Geisel and the crew there. So we've been in the badging certificate area for, you know, several years. And that's helped us understand what we're actually missing when our kids graduate from college and high school and every other level. It, it, I think you could even go back to middle school. You know, we're talking about what we're building as we're building this portfolio. So let's talk about Territorium and where they realized the need and how they addressed it, how you guys address it um, for K-12, for post-secondary and things like that. Sure. Well, I'll even go back as far as, as elementary. Awesome. Um, I have young children myself, and I could care less that my student comes home with a B in third grade math. <laughs> I want to see the evidence that they can add and subtract three-digit numbers. So the idea of badging and credentialing is actually probably as elementary folks pick up on this almost as quickly as those folks that are doing career and technical education. Mm -hmm. So we continue that all the way through. Um, so yes, we can do this at the elementary level. In the middle grades, where students are really starting to identify who they are as learners. The post-secondary skill introduction is key, and we don't yet have universal definitions of collaboration. So where we can create that kind of identification and allow a school to customize what that looks like is really important. Obviously, high school, um, it starts making a lot more sense as students start to see the kinds of credentials, lowercase c, that they are going to need to, to have and what they can learn to do. Whether that is performance-based, which it's kind of funny, like the related arts teachers hate all of us because they're like, duh, we've been doing this for years. Like, what do you right. think music instruction is? What do you think world language instruction is? Exactly. And career and technical education is like, you know, we've been doing this for years. So finally, we have realized that we need to be able to identify skills and credentials throughout the K-12 continuum to unlock the opportunities post-secondary. Now, Territorium does two things that are particularly unique that I find to be particularly powerful. Number one is not only do we track their credential, but we track the evidence that goes along with it. 
So why that matters? Number one, there's no universal definition for collaboration. So if you say that you have this badge, what it looks like can then be judged by someone else that you would show it to at a later date. When we talk about, though, advancing equity, this is key. When you include evidence, all of a sudden the perceptions of either A, the individual who has had, who's holding the credential, B, the issuing inst- the reputation of the issuing institution, or C, the context and conditions in which it might be perceived to be earned become neutralized because one once I see the evidence, I don't care if you got it from famous, you know, high profile institution yeah. or the neighborhood, whatever. If you show me that you can actually do X, Y and Z, then I, as the post-secondary institution or the potential employer, have all the confidence I need in what you know and are able to do. Mm-hmm. Where Territorium fits squarely in that mark is that for way too many things we do in K-12, when a student walks across the stage and shakes the hand of the principal, high fives the superintendent and moves on, all of the evidence that they have ever worked on disappears. Right. They leave with an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that says they have a B plus in world history. Right. And that doesn't show us anything about the skills and credentials that they aren't even in world history. Territorium system allows the evidence as well as the credentials to stay with the student into post-secondary and into employment. So this was actually a movement started with the student first and builds out to the role and to how it can serve the needs of institutions, as opposed to many of our systems that start at the system level and drive down and force a student into a specific box. So by using a comprehensive learner record and issuing each student a digital skills wallet, he or she is able to maintain their essentially a digital portfolio for the rest of their lives. And it will plug and play with any LMS, any SI, any talent management system and all the other uh, alphabet jargon we throw at how we are advancing learners currently. Well, and I think one of the things that that I can see uh, for districts who are are moving towards that um, skills based and knowledge, dem- you know, content demonstration based uh, advancement, where it's not oh you are thirteen so you automatically move to the next grade, or you've spent you know this amount of days in this particular grade right. level, so guess what you're moving on, good, bad, or ugly. You know, the students can not only demonstrate that, but this gives them an opportunity to be able to to demonstrate that they can show that this is what they did. And uh, my thinking is that the districts then could use that as a way to help those students who are kind of, you know, plowing through some of the uh, less complex, uh, you know, subjects and or, uh, you know, objects or not objects, uh, but the objectives within those particular subjects, you know, they may be breezing through some until they get to the point where it's, you know, they run into that more complex, more, I hate to use the word difficult, but the more, those more difficult, you know, situations. I would think this would help schools help the students advance that way. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it works on a couple different levels there. Obviously, when you start with looking for student evidence, you're therefore building an asset-based system, which is to your point. We're going to keep building on, oh, you've got this now, move to the next piece. You've got this now, move to the next piece. That's a really different approach and a different philosophical approach because it puts the teacher in the role of advocate more than the role of evaluator. And especially as what we saw during the pandemic, 
educators became much more open to accepting evidence that didn't occur between 927 and 1042, <laughs> our second period, because they knew as we turned every class, you know, every bedroom, every community center, every place there was Wi-Fi into a classroom, we've opened up now to accept evidence for a student's experiences even outside the school day. So, you know, think about the kid who speaks two languages because at home it's a different language. Doesn't show up on a transcript, but now we can give you credit for being bilingual. Think of the student who owns an Eagle Scout, right? Earns that badge, which is a big deal, you know, putting that in the portfolio. As a student even, or excuse me, as a principal, I had a student who won the National Geography B in middle school. I didn't teach him tributary one, <laughs> but if I would have had a comprehensive learner record, I could have at least made sure that was part of his portfolio right. to build out who he was as a learner and instead saying, hey, son, nice job. We'll put your name on the marquee outside for a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's our goal now. And I think during the pandemic, we've realized that and so have workers, <laughs> not just students and not just educators that, you know, it's time to, to we're going to leave here and we're going to do something. And I need to be able to show that I picked up all this other stuff. So, yes, here's my grades. Here's my ACT score. Here's my SAT score. But here's the fact that I also know how to run a CAD machine. And here's the 3D printer. And I also acted in the community, you know, production of Shakespeare at the park, yada, yada, yada. And here's the key. That's mm -hmm. even true for the kid who drops out as well as the kid who graduates. Exactly. It's so, mm -hmm. so, you know, so this is the neat, you know, the experience I hate the most is we make high school seniors write a resume, <laughs> right? They can fill in their name and address at the top, write the objective, which really has never gotten anyone a job, fill in their GPA. Maybe they've had a part-time job and the rest of the sheet is blank. Yet they've spent 13 years acquiring and building and developing skills and abilities that are in demand in the marketplace beyond. Even the kid who has dropped out has learned to do things that are in demand. And we need to create systems that are that kind of asset based so that they have those opportunities wherever you are on the learning continuum. You know, I think it's interesting. I was a band director for a long time. I'm still a musician, professional. And I don't think people understand the importance of band where it has nothing to do with music. It has to be, it's about teamwork. It's about working as a group. It's about achieving as a larger goal and how important that is in the workforce when we're looking at kids trying to get a job in a certain factory element or even just working on an open floor at a new startup. I work well with people. I am a team player. Where is that? That's not in this list. I need to know more about it. So having said that, where do they, the companies that see this, do they suddenly go, wait, we, we've got to carry this on. Does that portfolio go past secondary? Does it go past post-secondary? Does it continue on for life? How long does that portfolio, can it last? So it lasts forever, which is exactly right. And it can be started at any of those points. Mm. So there are employers now that are very clear about in order to advance in our company, here are the steps, the credentials, and things you must learn to move forward. The military has done this for decades, yeah. right? Like we're not really talking about anything new. So you can start at the employment level. Post-secondary, the same way. Look, it's getting very competitive to attract and retain collegiate students. There's more opportunities now that are threatening what is college for the same way that we've always argued, like what is 12th grade and 11th grade for? So post-secondary is looking for ways to demonstrate their evidence through their students as well. Because once you have this portfolio, not only do I see the evidence, I see where you earned it and that matters. Hmm. So it can plug into any of these pieces and then carry forward. So I think my biggest question now is, um, how is the acceptance? What is what does it take to get this into a school district? What's the training? <laughs> what yeah. does that school district have to put into it? Because you you know you've been in education. You know it yeah. sounds great. Those of us that know education know this is wonderful. Now I've got to convince three hundred, four hundred, a thousand teachers to do this. How's that going? What's the process there? 
So here's the fastest way we know to change K-12 education. If higher ed tomorrow said that in order to, to be a competitive collegiate student, you had to run a mile under seven and a half minutes, <laughs> you would revolutionize physical education in K-12 overnight. Sure. So we're all looking towards the next level to set what the parameters are. Now, in K-12, though, there has been some organic movements, competency-based education, profiles of a graduate, and quite honestly, opportunities where, look, you know, reading and math scores are still things that we struggle with, yet we know we're doing good work for kids. So there is more and more a top-of-mind conversation around how would this work. Now, the pandemic both helps and hurts this sort of conversation. It hurts in that Every district had to go one-to-one computing pretty much overnight into buying elements. They never budgeted for that. They didn't think about that. And thank goodness there was federal money to help make that happen. Now, what districts haven't figured out was that in five years, they've got to refresh all that equipment at exactly the same time, and the federal dollars aren't necessarily going to be there. Now, but with that said, then, the idea of saying you've now made this investment, and here's a third leg of the stool that you need has sometimes been a daunting conversation. The plate is full right now. Folks are worried about teacher retention. They're worried about what recovery may or may not look like, so forth. But they all recognize the importance of this. There are a number of states out there, especially that are focused on competency-based education, career and technical education, that have really been gangbusters around wanting this to happen. The community college network in particular that has been much more about connecting their programs to labor force data are also quick adopters of this kind of approach and see the needs for it. Um, Sure, the liberal arts philosophy majors of the world may be more reticent to think this is something that's absolutely necessary, but those folks that are really trying to thread what it looks like to learn and apply things from K through career are the ones that start to see, yes, this is a vehicle that we've been looking for. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, the question I would ask next is, let's talk about how it guides students. Um, There's Jeff logs in in the sixth grade, and this is where my school starts it. And I start building, and and a lot of this is going to be on me. The, The platform is provided. It is now on me to put in my information. Can you walk kind of through those steps for our listeners so they sure. understand what a, what a student would see? And, and I know you guys have some AI stuff going in there also. Well, there's a couple things in that, and it's not actually on the student early on. Okay. So this is the thing. It's like we, you know, the, the fear is, of course, it's one more system. Okay. When in fact, once we get into conversations, all this can be run through the district's LMS. Okay. So we're behind the scenes. So really, it's not on the student. So a teacher creates an assignment that aligns to a specific set of standards. Student turns in that evidence through the LMS. Teacher reviews the evidence, says, and stamps it, yes, you have earned this. It matches the standard and so forth. And behind the scenes, that evidence syncs up automatically with the student's comprehensive learner record. Okay. So, again, it's not the student isn't doing anything extra, nor is the teacher doing anything extra. They're operating within their own environment. What we've tried to do is just connect the dots behind the scenes to make it easy to build these kinds of digital records. And, again, the evidence that goes with it. And again, what's cool for us is that in most cases, that evidence only exists in the LMS and then it disappears at the end of the year. Because we're syncing it in our system, that student holds on to their data for the rest of their lives. So what I'm hearing now, is that, the, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, so at the or end the of the AI year, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you, you first. I was going to say, so at the end of the year, I, it's, it's an Easter egg surprise for me as a student and as a teacher, because I'm going to realize I didn't do all these things that are extra added that I've now been added to just my grades. It's not just grades and a letter at the end. I, I've got all this other stuff I've done that you guys have put yes, together for should, us. It shouldn't be an Easter egg though. Okay. If the teacher's identifying the learning target as they're, as they're going through the lessons, if the teacher's identifying the standards to which the curriculum is aligned, okay. they're accepting that evidence assignment by assignment, project by project, video by video, whatever it is the student is doing, that then is you're submitting is now also counting as the evidence of the standard. Okay. So you will have, of course, heading into seventh grade, the list of standards that you have achieved in sixth, the evidence that goes with it, and the, the grade that you show mom and dad that makes it a little easier for them to understand what's going on. Okay. I get that now. I, go ahead. Uh, no, I, so I was going to say you were about to touch on how the AI comes into Sorry. play. So let's, yeah, so let, let's, <laughs> right. let's, uh, let's Jeff touch on that. Jeff jumped in there, my bad. So the AI plays in a couple really powerful roles. As students, be it in high school, going into post-secondary, or to employment or post-secondary into employment, our system goes out and searches for opportunities, scholarship post-secondary enrollment or employment that align to a student's interests, skills, and abilities. So when you think about creating the marketplace, we're not asking students to go out to a classified ad section that don't exist anymore. We're not even asking them to go out to a web page, which is essentially like sending me to go look up the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> we are curating a student's experience based upon who they are and who they want to be. A student decides that they're in a pathway in high school for career programming. They go to the job section and they see that X tech company down the street is looking for a Python programmer. And then immediately it's going to show them how what they're learning lines up to being a viable candidate for that job and through AI, what other additional opportunities the campus of the school or system is offering where they can build up and fill in their own portfolio on their own. This is true at the post-secondary level. So now it's, again, the courses you've taken, the pathway that's identified, aligned to the jobs that are there. Backing up to K-12, the scholarships that are specific to, we are looking for musicians that, you know, are, that, that play this instrument or do these things. And it turns out you're in music. Did you know that you are this close to being a viable candidate? You're this close to this academic scholarship. You're this close. And again, it drives a student then to be able to be a greater purveyor of their own education. I mean, look, the national average of counselors to students is still at 470 to one. So if we can provide a vehicle that allows at least those limited conversations to be much more informative, much more effective, or even for the student to drive those conversations with his or her advisor by going through the CLR and seeing how AI has linked them up to this post-secondary program down the street, this scholarship opportunity, or this job opportunity that they may have thought about pursuing is all done for them in a much more curated fashion. So an extension to that, or at least where my brain is going, um, I mean, what we're talking about is fantastic from the student standpoint, right? The student gets to see Hey, these, uh, you know, through the AI, you know, here's the, the AI telling them, hey, you know, you've indicated you're interested in this particular job. You're going to need these skills. Okay, but the school doesn't offer those skills. So to me, this lines up for a perfect extension slash conversation with the schools to say, hey, look, these are the jobs that your students are interested in. These are the skills that those jobs require. You're currently not offering those. There's a gap there. That's right. The AI becomes a an agnostic way of 
trying to ensure that the education K through 16 lines up to what the marketplace, the labor market looks like post-graduation. Right. I think that's where I was going with, I used the wrong term Easter egg. It's that surprise of, I'm looking for these things. Oh, I can do this because I have achieved this. And, you know, to me, every year, that's just one more thing. It's just going to LinkedIn and realize, oh, I can actually apply for these jobs. We're taking care of it, care of it way ahead of time. What a wonderful piece. You know, that's that's a really big piece. So let's Well, talk- then you think about you can also look at how individually. So, you know, I'm a band student. Mm-hmm. I've learned collaboration and band. Mm-hmm. I can also now explore other pathways to see, huh, I didn't realize collaboration was really important in this other field that I'm this close to becoming qualified for. So I get a much better perspective as to how my skills may apply in multiple arenas, even once I haven't thought of yet. And I think that is vital. Um, it's not just it's not just a, a career survey that says, you know, hey, these are, these, these are the things you're interested in and these are the jobs that kind of align to that. It's almost, it, or maybe does, you know, open the door to the opposite direction. There are these jobs out there that have that require these skills. And as you have mentioned several times, you know, where it comes back to the student and go, look, you are this close to being able to do this, you know, to, to work for this company doing this thing. And that student might go, I never even thought about that before. <laughs> How awesome would that be? And now their entire life course changes because they are exposed to an opportunity that would have never entered their head otherwise. I agree. I agree. So I have to ask this question. Um, deployment. How easy is it to put it into a school? How, how easy is it to take this and make it happen? Are we looking at a summer PDs, uh, two months, uh, a week, uh, a year? <laughs> so now that because most school districts have adopted some version of an LMS, the 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 learning curve is much shorter hmm. because again the educator gets to stay in the learning management system regardless as to what it is and our system is working in the back so our time is mostly with the it guys and a department is a better way of saying it. i don't mean gender in that way sure um with the it department making sure the synchronization works through lti's and api's and the other kind of technical language that, that sits behind the frames so where we find to be the learning curve is the extent to which an institution of any level has been very clear about identifying the standards, the learning outcomes and the learning targets that are part of their curriculum. Okay. So we can import quickly state standards, you know, there's Excel sp- spreadsheets that you can fill out and batch upload and it's done overnight, but it still relies on that institution to have done its homework. So some of our institutions that have not yet made that full commitment to a detailed alignment of their skills and abilities work, we're going to need to spend a little more time with as a summer professional development, really helping them through that level of detailed analysis. My favorite example is always the the science standard on cells. Like it's one standard that includes parts of a cell, weights of a cell, charges of a cell, so forth. And you really have to break all of that out to make sure that a student just doesn't say, oh, that's a proton. And we give them credit for knowing everything about cells. Right. So the professional development is really pretty light because again, you're staying in the LMS. The connectivity is behind the scenes. So we're doing most of that work with the IT department, which, and for those guys, this language is, is pretty much ubiquitous with everything that they do. Um, and then it's about really working with students to become, again, the advocates within their own system 
to see their progress being tracked, mm-hmm. to then be able to use that as a vehicle. And if a student is coming to the advisor and to the teacher and says, hey, it doesn't look like I got this standard and this evidence, or I don't know this one, can you help me? What do I need to do? It again, makes it easier on the educator because again, they're coming to you as coach. And that's a whole lot more fun to be in that role than the one that's simply saying, well, what you did isn't good enough. Right. Yes, exactly. So Keith, um, did we miss anything? Because, uh, you know, I've I've still got probably 30,000 questions that are bu- building up in my brain. So you have to come back and share some more with us because <laughs> I have more questions for sure. Um, do we miss anything, any key points that you'd like our listeners, educators listening that they need to know about that maybe David and I didn't catch at the first? Um, I think I would reiterate the fact that this is a system designed first at the student level at a very granular nature as to what he or she is learning. And they get to collect and keep their evidence to go along with their badges and credentials for life. Hmm. So again, it's not a system that ends when you're in 12th grade or ends when you graduate from college or ends at that point. We are really working to, again, from the level of the students to be able to build out. And when you have things of that granular nature, as you tech guys know, then Power BI can produce a report of any level of detail. Like we want to know who, you know, how did people who live on the north side of the street who have birthdays in July that were late to school on Tuesday did on this standard when it was offered in the rain? You know, you can do that level of data analysis, which is really what institutions are looking for now to really figure out where are our points of leverage. So even though we talk about this in some ways as a badging and credentialing system, and we talk about this from a student advocacy standpoint from really being able to dictate their pathways, it actually also creates the level of data necessary at either the individual level or the grand system level that we're really looking for for to trying to figure out where we can make the changes necessary to really advance our students' learning. That's pretty awesome, yeah. and and I just want to say I, I think um, definitely from from what you have said and and you know the stuff that we've heard and the things that we've looked at. This is so much more than badging and credentialing, and, and I, I think uh, and, and hope that that our listeners are are coming away with that perspective. This is this is much deeper than air quotes just badging and credentialing. Yeah. Yeah, and that work is necessary, and it's good work, but there's, you know, again, we're all looking to to see this whole equation evolve, and the technology is finally there for us to do that, and so we're all trying to take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. So if our listeners want to find out more, get in touch with the company, get in touch with you, steal your ideas, no, no, Um, uh, you know, pick your brain, ask those deeper questions that we missed, Um, what's the best way for them to do that? So territorium.com is the website. Um, You can reach me through there as well. I do believe in an educated and informed constituency. And so even though, yes, I represent a company, I really think it's important to help people understand this equation Mm -hmm. and would be happy to help anyone get their head around how these things work and so that they can make the best decision. Uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore KF look. I really need something more clever than that at some point in time. Um, But really, the website's the best way to reach us. And I would be happy to talk to anyone that's trying to think about what this could look like in their classroom, in their school, in their system, and even throughout a a much larger implementation. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show, and uh, you've really enlightened us, and I think you're going to enlighten our listeners and our educators that are listening to this podcast. So thank you for coming on the show. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, I want to say a big thank you to Keith Look for coming on the show and talking about Territorium with us. Some really cool stuff there. I think it's going to change a lot of the ways we look at what we're doing in schools and how kids can further, and adults can further, you know, getting themselves out there, finding jobs, finding new careers, finding more about themselves and what they can do in the rest of their lives. 
Well, and I was going to say, and that's to me, that's one of the big things that you know they can carry it with them. It's not like it just ends. You know, a lot of times they get to the end of school and you know they have their uh, Google drives and all that stuff, and if they don't do the takeout thing, they lose everything they've been working on the whole right. time. So you know, and at even least then, this it's way not it organized. Away. You know, none of my True. stuff has ever been organized. I mean, <laughs> if we'd have had this when I was in school, it'd been like colors in the lines, and so like, <laughs> so you, can I have this job? You, sure, Jeff, you can be a surgeon. You color in the lines. That's a good thing for you. But I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, that would be about the best it would be for me. <laughs> <laughs> Nicked an artery there, buddy. Yeah, right outside you, the line. What did you do? I listened to the entire Van Halen album seven times on a bus ride to Mississippi marching contest one time, over and over and over again. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I could sing all the lyrics to the Diver Down album. You know, that's, 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 is that what got you into school? It is. It is what got, isn't that? I, I'll tell you what almost got me out of school. <laughs> it's, it's not quite that, but back in the day, you know, uh -huh. now we are Gen X. So, you know, we had boom boxes and what have you. I had a giant uh, duffel bag that I snuck a boom box in and we'd, we'd all, you know, all the, all the good kids <laughs> sat in the back of the bus because that's where the kid kids sit. That's right. That's where, yeah, they, that's where they all sit. So anyhow, we're all at the back of the bus and I mean... We are blaring Ozzy Osbourne, Dire of a Madman. I wore that tape out, and it just... I don't know how we weren't kicked off the bus. We had we uh, things were just different. They were, weren't they? Because we know, did the our same bus driver was actually our bus driver was yeah. kind of like you know yeah let's <laughs> rock it let's do it you know. Hey kids, pass that up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got a little something extra for you. <laughs> and you get one, and you get yeah, one. That's and right. Tell your parents where you got this. <laughs> yes. That's terrible. That is terrible. We, we do, not do not condone <laughs> any 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 such activities or any implications thereof. I think it's best. If we do a quickie, <laughs> I'll tell you what, don't forget to visit us on the web. You won't find any of that stuff. And you will find us on social media talking about social media things. In fact, uh, I have a new line of socks coming out and David has a new shirt line coming out. I'm kidding. We're not influencers. We don't influence anything barely ourselves. That's, that's I have right. to influence myself to come on, get out of bed today. Get out of bed that's, today. That's right. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's been a great show. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.